She heads right up to his room. And wouldn't you fucking know it? This dude has battle axes over his bed. (laughs) He got laid to the point where he was going to marry this girl. And she's like, you know who I love? The boy who's got battle axes over his bed. His single bed. (laughs) Sean, you are married now. Mm -hmm. You obviously, you know, you wooed a woman. You convinced her that you were worthy of love and you would love her in return. That You could build a life together. But if if you had brought her over, and you had two battle axes over your bed. Do you think you would be married right now? Oh, absolutely not. I have a strict one battle axe only <laughs> rule. I brought her back. I showed her my battle axe and I threw on some <laughs> felony and, you know, it was a great Just- first date. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right. We're talking about 1981's Graduation Day, believe it or not, on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from... Basically, locking you out of high school. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film the characters. We're going to unpack all the goriest of details of 1981's graduation day in the hopes that a high school senior's death is only the beginning of the jokes we can make at their expense. And as always, there is only one person I trust to make sure if she walks into a room and a corpse is sitting in the middle of it, she'll see it and not be surprised when it appears in front of her face. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Well, you know, Patrick, before I logged in, I opened up my drawer and went mm-hmm. through my extensive switchblade collection. Yes. And, right. and I, I made sure to, to choose my favorite one for my favorite person. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you have a better apple cutting technique than uh, Principal Guglioni? Because I mean, how uh, how could you? I mean, that's <laughs> when you cut an apple. Do you generally just go straight down the middle of it so that you get all the core and the seeds? You know, after that... after a long day of hating my <laughs> students and sexually harassing my secretary, you know, I, I just want a nice <laughs> core of apple. Uh, (laughs) you just want to sink your teeth into the the best part the core of the get all that cyanide (laughs) maybe he found a better way to go um put himself out of his own misery uh and this movie has plenty of adult misery in it but i don't want to give it all away gina the thing is we are not alone that's right we have a special guest. Now, you know him as a comedian whose new album entitled Boston to Bristol is out now. The one, the only Sean Carter. How are you doing today, Sean? Hey, I'm pretty good. Excellent. So happy to have you here on the podcast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. 
Um, classing up the joint already. Now, here's the thing. Normally at this point in the show, I ask our guests um, if we're privileged enough to have one. What is your previous experience with X? You know, insert the name of the movie here. And I'm guessing... Do you have any experience with graduation day before we asked you to watch it? I did not know that this was a movie until you asked me to watch it. I'm not entirely sure it is a movie, to be honest with you. I mean, technically, as I've said many times, it qualifies as a movie because it is filmed at 24 frames per second, which gives the illusion of movement. That's a movie, everybody. Whether or not it's a story is up for debate. So you, you hadn't even like seen the box on a on a video store shelf or anything like that. Not that I can remember. The only, the first thing that, that I saw was uh, the email that had that name in it, and then I looked it up online to see what it was about. <laughs> and it was available on every free site that is a site. <laughs> like anyone yeah. who shows any video at all was like, I don't know. Do you want to watch graduation day? <laughs> They will just show it to you. I had to watch a lot of ads to get through this movie. I got to tell you. Listen, uh, not only did I watch it, I had to watch it simultaneously on two different formats because they had it. I have a Blu-ray of it, believe it or not. No. Yeah, maybe, maybe a laser disc. <laughs> I, I own this on Blu-ray. I believe Vinegar Syndrome put it out like a decade ago. Uh, the first time I saw it was on Turner Classic Movies. They showed it at 2 a.m. I taped it and I watched it like some October. And I, I was immediately blown away at just the, just the, casual bigotry and shows towards anyone who might be queer and it just got better after that and then then i understood my personal connection to it because i grew up at the very northern tip of glendale here in california which is right next to la crescenta which is where i went to high school and our rivals at la Cañada high school which was where this was filmed. <laughs> Every part of this movie is a place I have been. If you listen, if you listen to this podcast uh, long enough, you realize that fully one third of the movies that, that we watch involve places that that Patrick has either lived, walked through, <laughs> went to school, went on a first date on, went on a last date on, had a job. He's like he's just like like you know, podcast host slash travel log. Oh yeah. So this movie was like you're like depart. This is like watching The Departed for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, all of this was right up in my face throughout this. This movie has been to Descanso Gardens more than I have, and we went on a field trip there every year of my school going public school going life. Um, it is very odd. Like between this and Halloween and maybe Bloody Birthday, you've seen like my entire childhood <laughs> um, just put on the silver screen and nothing shouts great cinematic achievement like 1981's graduation day. Now I have a question for you both because before we get into the movie, this is very important. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have you guess um, the top three horror movies of 1981. And I'm going to give you some hints Hint number one is specifically for Gina. This is a movie you love. Uh, American Werewolf in London. 
yes, ding, 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 correct. American Werewolf in London earned around $33 million domestically. It earned more overseas. Uh, very big movie, uh, very good. You know, it cost peanuts to make in comparison. It went over great. Sean, this question's for you. Mm-hmm. This is a horror sequel. It's, a, it's the first direct sequel of many that come after to what some consider the granddaddy of all horror franchises. What would your guess be of 1981? Okay. I, I think um, this is in the early 80s. So uh, I'm going to guess uh, the second Friday the 13th movie. That is very close, um, but it is not. It was actually Halloween 2, uh, which came out in October of 1981, and it earned around $26 million. Wow. Number three, guess what, folks? You're never going to get this one. It's fucking graduation. No. No. <laughs> I, I went on a tear. I was up until 1.30 in the morning one night this week because I'm like, this has to be that wrong. Can, that <laughs> Can't be. Everyone was like quoting the same website. Yeah. And I'm like, there has to be someone else who says it's something different. And I couldn't find anyone else. Like there's some uh, reporting at the time of, cause it road showed, but this stayed in movie theaters until like September. Wow. It just, it played forever. This made more money, Gina, than Friday the 13th part two. Oh my God. I, I, so how is it that it's, it's like, oh, the fact that it's bizarre dog shit. How, how did it like, <laughs> how, how, how are like so few people like, you know, like, why is this not like, you know, oh, legendary, you know, slasher movie? How's, how's few people, you know, how, how's it that so few people actually have seen it? One, it kind of sucks. Two, <laughs> It's very fun if you just watch it knowing that it kind of sucks. Three, I think it just gets drowned out over the course of time because while Friday the 13th Part 2 is a bit of a disappointment in comparison to the first one's box office, it still has the cultural tale of being arguably the best one of the franchise. And then that very same month, okay, very briefly, Friday the 13th Part 2 comes in April, out April 30th. The very next week, The Burning comes out. Fuck The Burning. Fuck the people who made The Burning. Fuck Miramax. But the following week after that, Happy Birthday to Me, our beloved Happy Birthday to Me, comes out the same week as The Fan. It's just a fucking glut. It's a glut of horror content. And while it makes money, it's a regional thing. It just, it it hops from territory to territory to territory, as opposed to... Friday the 13th or happy birthday in the community that come out all at the same time. So it basically kind of did like a, um, terrifier two last year where, where it's sort of like, you know, sort of rolled, gradually rolled out across the country. It was a road show. Right. They okay. Let it okay. Be seen. And then also the way this was financed was that, that Herb Freed, the director and his producing partner went out to individual theater owners and got money from them. So, they had a financial, uh, you know, need to keep it in theaters because it was making them money. And at a time, like, listen, this is cheap. It's goofy. Is it as good as happy birthday to me? Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> no. My God. Happy birthday to me is the Godfather part two next to this movie. Well, what I thought was interesting, uh, you know, bit of trivia that I found was, that by this point, a lot of uh, film critics, including uh, Siskel and Ebert, were already so done 
with yeah. slasher movies at this point that they they wouldn't even review it. So no, like they had yeah, stopped. there's very there's very little but there's very little footprint for this for when it came out. Like most of the reviews you can find are for like DVD uh, DVD releases of it. Right. So it you know despite that's so that is so weird. So I think people were just like if they were looking for this, they found it wherever they were. Whereas like Friday the 13th part two definitely gets hit by not being reviewed. Happy birthday to me definitely gets hit by not getting those big release things. And this is a tiny independently produced movie. It's one of those trauma pickups. And so it just doesn't, it just quietly amasses, you know, 23 and a half million dollars <laughs> and it costs $250,000 oh. to make. So that it's is just, insane. I, I, it is insane. I just, I, I can't, of all the movies that we have, have talked about from, from this particular month, even this is the biggest out of that month. Like <laughs> it took Halloween to, you know, the sequel to arguably the biggest independent movie of all time at the time. And then American werewolf in London, which is, just you know a giant universal release that gets really great reviews and this is number three it's fucking wild <laughs> gina had you ever seen this movie before you know i could have sworn that i had uh mm -hmm. because i knew the whole you know vanna white being in it she's barely in it um <laughs> i i you know for some reason i had uh i don't i don't even want to call it mandela effect because fuck the mandela effect um uh right. thought that she was the girl who gets uh slashed on the jogging path originally mm -hmm. so i feel like i must have seen like maybe like the first 20 minutes and but beyond that i'm like hi i don't remember any of this <laughs> So I, yeah. if, if I have, it's, it's, you know, not in its entirety. Right. Um, yeah. Like I said, as I said, I'd, I'd seen it as a broadcast off of TCM. And then when it came up as like, it's going to be on Blu-ray, I'm like, I have to own this. Never put it in my Blu-ray. <laughs> this was the, the debut of it. So I, I watched it there. I watched it on Peacock to take notes and then I kept wanting to get screen grabs. So I watched it on Freebie because screen grabs don't work on Peacock. And so I watched it three times and my brain is broken. And then he, and then he had to like, then he had to put up with me also watching it and, and expressing <laughs> confusion and, and asking questions he had no answer for. Right. Well, I had answers for them, but I also didn't want to blow my jokes too early. Like, <laughs> I mean, I the opening of this is this. This is this is made in December of 1980. It comes out, you know, summer of 81. But it starts so disco, so hard, and it's like nothing. It just you. This is why disco died. <laughs> because you want to go see a slasher movie and all of a sudden you're watching people run track and field to fucking disco. Who wants that? Who in the world wants that? Well, this is uh, one of several instances in, in, in this movie uh, where you can tell that uh, uh, Herb Freed really had no interest in making a slasher movie. 
Right. He, yeah. he just knew that slasher movies were printing their own money at that point. Yes. I and and it, as this, as the legend has it, the the impulse for making this movie was what will get financed, and then what has been done. Okay, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, prom night, Valentine's we're running Day, out of things. Right, they just start throwing out events, dates on a calendar, and they get to graduation day, and they're like, I know, graduation day, fine. What's it about? Graduates, but they have to be a smaller group. All right. They're a track and field team? Sure. All the kids are, are track and field related? You'd think. But there's a surprising amount of broadsword action in this, Sean. Were you were you expecting broadsword as one of the weapons of choice in this movie? I was not expecting that. And I always thought I also thought that it was odd that it came out with like fencing gear. <laughs> Right. Like fencing gear and like a, but also like, you know, a match matching sweatshirt and sweat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like there are elements of like giallo, like black gloves, but then the gloves design changes three times. And they're like, we have three different sets of gloves. They don't look alike. And they're like, no one's going to care. We don't know what a podcast is, <laughs> but also sweatpants. I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I might be dangerous. <laughs> it's what they always tell you. A lot of the moms in our, our school group will tell you sweatpants will get you killed. Um, I really enjoyed the opening of this movie, just watching various people perform track and field uh, events in slow motion to the point where I'm just like doing voiceover in my head, like, 3M and the Chubb Group present building better high school and track and field teams for a finer American future. Yeah, I get used to these uh, these track and field shots because boy, oh boy, do they like to repeat them. Yeah, a trigger warning for everyone in the audience: if if flashing lights and images uh, cause you mental distress, this is not the movie to watch. Yeah, it's it, it, trying to kill you. You know, folks, folks with certain age might remember the video for uh, Wang Chung's Everybody Have Fun Tonight, which is sort of <laughs> filmed in this kind of staggered sort of, I don't, I don't even know what you would call it. It's not animation because it's actually them, but. but It's just an editing trick of yeah. flashing back and forth between different sequences. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, it's probably a little, little, little hard on you if you maybe have like i don't know a seizure disorder or something and and or eyeballs yeah and and so is this movie because somebody came up with that effect for this and they were really proud of it oh they love they, they literally took the editing machine and threw it up in the air like the stephen j canal productions <laughs> logo. <laughs> done for the day this is gonna set us apart for the rest of that jump <laughs> so uh, Sean, were you a track and field kid? Was that a big part of your high school experience? Oh, man. No, you know what? I joined uh, track when I was a, a junior, and I ended up finding out like a, a week into it that I had mono, and that's not a good combination. So. <laughs> no, it's not a one-two punch yeah. of track and f- Yeah, when you have to go fast and hard yeah. and mono. No. I would be the character from the first scene in this movie, probably, finishing. Just scream. <laughs> Just screaming and falling over yes. immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting because she, you know, this character is re- referenced often 
throughout this yeah. movie. Like she, 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 you know, her death is the, you know, the motivation behind everything that happens and her entire contribution to the, to the movie is screaming and falling down. <laughs> Running as fast as she can, she can in 30 seconds and then falling to the ground dead. But I, there are other elements of the track and field that are given some play other than her death, including the hurdles. Can I share a secret with everyone? The goal is to clear the hurdle, but not leap over it in an arc, but go flat. Because if you're flat, you're staying in stride. And if you do a big leap over it, you're slowing yourself down. This has been Hurdle Pod. <laughs> oh, wait, now we're a sports podcast? Yeah, now we're a sports podcast. Uh, uh, so uh, I hope you have a lot of nicknames for people and hot takes. I, I, I have no knowledge of sports. I cannot help you. Um, Have I, either of you fondled a shot put like that? Because that the guy who's got the shot put is holding in, in his hands like, like he's going to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, suggestive touching of things in this movie. There's a lot of balls, uh, particularly uh, poking out of shorts that are far too short. Oh, um, yeah. The short shorts are real in this movie. For real. <laughs> There's a lot of, of costuming in this movie that leaves nothing to the imagination. And that's before we get to the to the title card that I want to talk about the most, and that is special appearance by quote felony unquote. <laughs> oh, there's a whole bunch of introducing and special guest appearance by. It's like mm, I recognize maybe two names as the entire cast, and one of them is Vanna White, who's not listed until the end. So yeah, the other one uh, is a uh, uh, Michael Pataki, who who right. played the principal, who showed up in a lot of shitty movies in the seventies and eighties. He is acting. With an emphasis on the IMG oh, all the effect. all the adult actors in this think they're in, they're in porkies. There's a lot of genre confusion in what's going on in this motion picture. As I mentioned before, this is La Cañada High School. There's a little squiggly over the N and La Cañada. It's just spelled La Canada, but with the little squiggly, it becomes you know flavorful, which is unlike the town, which is lily white. La Cañada is where Pasadena goes when it can't afford a house in San Marino. That is very regional content. Uh, and then this is where we meet Laura, but not for long because she's won the race and lost her life. This brings up the gambit that will propel this 90 minute film. Who is to blame? Is it coach George Michael? I'm not making that up. Christopher Christopher George is the other name I recognize. Chris, right. Christopher George of uh, Kill by Kill Favorites Pieces. <laughs> and Mortuary. and Mortuary, right. I couldn't think of the other one, yes. Uh, Day of the Animals was also a, uh, a Christopher George vocal performance. Uh, Christopher George known primarily for talking at the lowest gravel he can insisting that his wife be in most movies was missing her she's hair. Not, she's, she's not, she's not in this surprise. Why couldn't she have been Blondie? Was she, I was going to say you, she should have been played Blondie or she should have played uh, uh, the sister. Right. Oh, she, I would have loved that she had played the sister because then we would have gotten that one pieces moment where she would just look to the sky and yell, bastard. <laughs> she was a tennis person in that. Yeah. That made some sense. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, he he must have been coming straight off the set of Mortuary into this motion picture. Um, and then we get to one of 
my favorite characters, and I put that in deck thinkers of this, which is the guy who drives a truck and sexually harass a naval ensign. Oh, man. Uh, how would you describe, Sean, yeah. what this gentleman is wearing on the job? Well, I think, first of all, I would say what he was wearing, I think it's described as a neckerchief. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 That was tied around there. And then uh, was it like a sort of like uh, like a violet shirt or like a purple shirt or something that was kind of, it was too tight. It was too, yes. definitely not, it's far too not right for him. Um, and I, I didn't realize that he was about to sexually harass her at first. I thought he just really liked her hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that it, it's probably a little reckless, even if you're being sexually harassed to to grab a dude by the balls while he, while he is driving at high speed a truck <laughs> down a highway. And n- neither of you are wearing seatbelts? Yeah. Yes. No seatbelt. Just to answer the question, it is definitely a neckerchief. And then what appears to be, uh, he, to me, he looked like, He's dressed at, like a pirate, but going to a Minnesota Vikings away game. It's, it's purple, fair. white, and yellow. And it just, none of it makes any sense. And yes, is he is he flirting? Is he just reaching for a hat? Is he wearing a size small when he is definitely an extra large? All those things are true. But this is our introduction to Anne. She's in the Navy. And, and she's not afraid to feed a dude his balls for lunch. Yeah, no, um, she she like walks into this movie angry and leaves this movie angry. She's so pissed off. She's just like, she's coming into that town loaded for bear. And why she's decided to hitchhike her way from the airport to home, I, I cannot tell you. But that's what she's done. Uh, and when this truck driver decides to get fresh... She grabs him by the junk and won't let go. And uh, then she's like, let me off here because I see somebody running in a track uniform from this high school. Well, yeah, here here is one of several times this movie sets up implausible red herrings. And I think by the time we get to the reveal of who it actually is, there's at least like six different people the movie (laughs) Points to says, maybe it's them who's going around killing these students. This is why, like, Randy in Scream sucks at evaluating movies. Like, he's right about people, but he sucks at evaluating movies. It's because Prom Night doesn't have a ton of red herrings. It's got three people it could be, but then it's just kind of like, just ran it's not really saying any one of these three people could be the killer it's just like i don't know kind of suspicious here there's as gina said there's like six or seven people it definitely could be like like some and- of these characters exist only to be red herrings <laughs> like the right. like the the one like you the, the one campus cop who who <laughs> is who is just incompetent at his job, hates the students, just like all the other adults that work at the school does. That's all he does. He does. He has no other purpose to the plot except to be, well, maybe he's the killer, but you put right. with this sister character. What's her name? Anne. you, you, mm-hmm. you, you, she's got this, you've got this scene where she runs into another student and she's like, Oh, you have such lovely eyes. My sister had eyes like that. 
she died. And it's like, why would you even talk to somebody like that except to, you know, make some labored attempt at, well, you know, she's actually kind of creepy. Maybe she did it. You know, whereas you, you, whereas you would say, oh, did you know, you know, a normal person would say, oh, did you know my sister, Laura? You know, yeah. I mean, and, you know, instead it's like this, it's it's so weird how, how these various characters are set up to, you know, kind of you create this sort of Sherlock Holmes, well, let's deduce which one of these people did it. Yeah, it's trying to be a whodunit, but it's like a who didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Because Anne is, she's introduced with that guy in the truck going, oh, girls in the Navy, they're all lesbians. And then there's that scene where she confronts Shally, Sally, in the, in Descanso Gardens. And that's weirdly, like, she's coming on to her. And you're like, is this, are you projecting that she's creepy because she could be the killer? Are you projecting that she's creepy because you've also said she might be a lesbian, which... I don't know is intentional or just an after effect of making sure everyone who doesn't die in this movie could be a killer. I can't, I can't decide. Yeah, no, I, I think it's probably more the latter uh, mm. because she, she ultimately doesn't really have much to do with the plot at hand. You know, she, yeah. she sort of, you know, blame, she, well, not sort of, she definitely blames the coach for, for what happens to her sister. And she, it, she kind of implies that she might kill him at some point. Like she, she goes to see him and he's like, eh, what do you want? I'm already about to lose my job. She's like, she's like, she's like, well, I'll see you again. Like, 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 right. You know, yeah. you watch your back. It's like, did you, are you, did you come to assassinate this man? <laughs> and, and, and like, but she really doesn't have anything much to do with the 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 murders like she just a sort right. of superfluous character even like this first you know formal kill of of the movie this character's name is paula we never hear hear her talk we just see her run she has a pair of of radio headphones that look like what airport ground personnel wear to land their plane. <laughs> all she needs are the two cones to go left 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 straight 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 and then a figure starts a stopwatch and this is a theme you're going to see over and over again because all the deaths are designed to happen within 30 seconds and they all take two minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you definitely went over time, man. Do better next time. Sean, did you understand what weapon was used to kill her? Because Gina texted me and she missed it completely. I mean, it seems to me that it was a knife in that first kill. It is a knife. It is, in fact, a switchblade, which is why the switchblades happen again with the principal, mm -hmm. and he has a bunch of switchblades. But the way it's used, you would think it is a hatchet because they just put blood on the end of the knife, and they're just swinging it at the camera. Like, no one stabs like that with a switchblade. They... It's, they're using it like a broadsword. It's like, here's my tiny sword. Heck. Heck, heck. And then, <laughs> well, yeah, this and guy has an affinity for swords, as we find out towards the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah, okay. This is a big thing, everyone, okay? And we've seen it before. This happened, like, how many times has this happened, Gina? Where the one of the characters has a, a room in their house where they just, like, have fucking swords and axes. <laughs> Well, he's allowed to decorate like he, this. He does also have a a a life size nude man just standing in, in 
randomly like we'll get to that but like my utter confusion i i sent a screenshot to patrick i'm like please help me what's happening here a real nude man just standing in the middle of the foyer like no it's a statue like the half dozen other statues they have in this living room. very realistic statue it, well yes because it's it's weirdly brown and smooth and <laughs> a predominant penis and you're like well that guy's flaccid um it was pretty good i thought that was I'm, the grandmother's stuff i thought that house had a real <laughs> mediterranean feel yes yeah there's a whole lot going on inside that house um with, with, Ke- yeah. with kevin the 35 year old high school senior <laughs> Like the minute I, I I saw him, you know, with the the, the opening track meet scene because he's on the track mm-hmm. he's on the track team. We found he was Laura's boyfriend. Uh, they, yeah. they were supposed to get married the day after graduation. <laughs> um, I, and the minute I saw him, I'm like, what's that guy doing there? <laughs> was, he's like he's he like the, he's like he looks like Carmine from Laverne Shirley. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I think is in the plus column for this motion picture is it has a real love, love of butts. It just is very butt for, they're not good butts though. They're not good butts, but you're going to see them from every angle, including Paula's dead butt just (laughs) on the, on the ground supplying. You're not seeing any of the injuries or the aftermath or the killer standing over the corpse. You just see but <laughs> and then end of scene yeah that's true if i can mention earlier today i was watching this movie and this butt this dead butt is laying on the ground and they're zooming in <laughs> on it and my wife yeah. just walks into the room and goes what are you watching <laughs> <laughs> this is not friendly to someone just walking in, in the middle of it because it uh, to to grab a joke from Mystery Science Theater 3000, every frame of this looks like somebody's last known photo. <laughs> it just has the feel of these people aren't going to be seen again, and it feels a little bit dangerous, but not in a good way. Right. Cut to this one goober getting his photo taken. Again, these people wear a cap and gra- gown for three days straight. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's important to mention that that this high school graduation is the event of the year at the in right. in this town, which is apparently a suburb of Los Angeles. <laughs> so, you know, not like, you know, a tiny little town in, you know, Idaho, but but right. yeah, like everything, you know, absolutely nothing can interfere with this high school graduation or, or there'll be there'll be massive repercussions. This is right. like, you know, th- this is a, you know, a huge 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 event and which is hilarious because it looks like there's about 35 people in the class and the track and field group is even smaller even though they've already lost two people Um, we see this when uh, coach george michael asks all of them to come for a photo for the newspaper why because he's been fired (laughs) i don't understand why the newspaper is photographing him coaching kids that he's been fired from his job because he got a girl killed doing it i do like that he's apparently also the gymnastics coach yeah he's just a free range coach the the gymnastics team has one member his coaching (laughs) style for that is pretty much get up there and do that thing yeah get your skinny butt up there and do this and then herb freed is like i heard butts can i show it can i show it yet don't worry folks you get to see sally's butt in out off of frozen theater rope everything 
you get to see her. Butt. But yeah, with the whole, you know, this this high school graduation being this monumental occasion, you got later, you've got the, the, the principal, Michael Pataki, basically saying, I can't deal with these missing children right now. It'll get in the way of graduation. <laughs> the only reason I've been hired and I have an office here is to facilitate graduation. Everything else can fuck right off. And and honestly, that is his principling for you know philosophy. Everything else can fuck right off in comparison to graduation day. I just want to note, I'm gonna lay out the characters, all right, so the people kind of know who they are when we later reference them. So there's Kevin, he is Laura's boyfriend, and the owner of the most Osmond Brothers hairdo of the entire bunch. Then we have Deborah. Don't get too used to this actress in this photo. She's about to get swapped out for Linnea Quigley. They just just completely marvel her where she is one person and then someone else. Linnea, Linnea did just pop up out of nowhere. She like by halfway she, through they, the movie. She's playing the same character. They just like, <laughs> no one will know the difference between this blonde and this other blonde. So there's Pete. Uh, Pete is a pole vaulter. Now, in real life, he was supposed to go to the 1980 Olympics, but of course, America's participation in that was stopped due to Russian aggression of, I don't know, fuckery. Anyways, now he's in this movie, which is like a gold medal. Um, I assume it's about as close to a gold medal as I'm ever going to get. Then there's Ralph. He exists. There's photographic proof. I'm looking at it right now. He exists in this movie and it dies at some point. And then there's Sally. She's also a gymnast. She's also highly allergic to pants. We'll learn. And there's Tony, who in this photo is choking Sally for reasons. Not even sexual. Just, I'm taking a photo in a newspaper. I better choke a woman and get well, photographic proof. Well, I, I think he's kind of the, you know, the jokester. Uh, because you oh know you God. you come on we've been doing this enough for enough years now patrick there's always a jokester there is sean as a professional comedian are you offended by the jokester character in slasher movies because honestly as someone who even tangentially has to deal with comedy in my writing i feel offended by every jokester character oh man yeah i'm, I'm like that's my thing whenever after a show somebody's like can we take a picture i always fake choke them <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, how would they know that you do stand up? Right. That's that's the internet. That's the the shorthand in a still photograph. Yeah, if they posted that somewhere and they're like, I saw this comedian last night, and then I was just standing next to them. People would be like, That's not a funny person at all. <laughs> if they were funny, they would they would pretend to choke. You. Uh, so Anne, um, the Navy lass, uh, returns home to where we find her mom drinking martinis in the morning. Wearing a yellow muumuu that says, I've given up, but I haven't given up on color. Uh, we also meet Ronald, who is the stepdad, and he's a peach. A moldy peach who, mere minutes after this, threatens to beat Anne, which I don't think is a good idea. Yeah, and also, you know, let's put out that Anne is, is about 30 at least. Right. Yeah. And he like he's like just you know, threatening to give her a good beating. And and and, yes. and again, this character Ronald serves absolutely no purpose to the plot. He is no. he is 
barely set up as as maybe you know, well you know this guy has a violent streak maybe he's doing it but you never see him outside that house like he doesn't exist outside that house he worked for one day and it's to threaten to slap and a couple times and hold an empty vodka bottle that's it i want to talk a little bit about the bedroom that ann is forced to sleep in because ralph has turned ann's old bedroom into a dark room it is a mint green bedroom because you know we've all got one complete with what appears to be a martina navratilova poster an eight <laughs> by ten of leaf garrett a statue of fuck horse from hello mary lou prom night two and a boss ass bg's poster and one of those uh naked babies that get married in cartoons in the newspaper <laughs> one of those the love is babies i think the love is babies <laughs> But his partner's not there. It's almost as if like, well, I only have one love is baby and I'll meet my other love is baby at some point in my life. Maybe Kevin had the other, has the other love is baby. Maybe. Um, But she has plenty of Kevin in the bedroom. Don't, don't worry. Because not only does she have one framed photo of him on her, on her nightstand, but then tacked on the wall are one, two, three, four, five, Six other photos, two of them, the exact same photo that's in the frame. <laughs> this movie was never designed to be paused. I was going to say, and this this is why it's good for you to, to that, that you insist on getting these, these movies on Blu-ray. <laughs> because otherwise he's just like, I wasn't quite sure what that poster was of. So I had to refer to that and just walk straight up to the TV and figure it out. If this comes out on 4k, I'll really be able to dig into every photograph, but Kevin must be the most photographed man on earth, but most of them are photographs with him holding a towel behind his neck, just like out of a head and shoulders. Like, and yeah. You know, this was this, just this actor's like, like headshot for doing for, for, you know, going, going on, uh, on, uh, casting calls for, for you know, like <laughs> the prowl or something. Right. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, uh, Anne happens to have the killer's uniform in her bag, just gray sweats and black gloves, which she holds and just like lovingly caresses. End of scene. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. When I, when I say that they, you know, they're setting up multiple characters to, to be the, the, the potentially be the killer. They're not doing it very well. No, it's rather haphazard. I mean, Sean, did you have any inkling who the killer would be at this point in the movie? No, I, uh, the entire time I was like, I think they just want me to think it's everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yes, they absolutely do. So it's, it's communicating something. We, not many people know this, but the multiple endings of clue were inspired by, by graduation <laughs> day. <laughs> did you guys catch this? They show, um, a pair of doors because it cuts to this to uh, the the girl's locker room. But the way the sign is spelled out is girl apostrophe S lockers. It, g- the girls possess lockers. <laughs> one girl, just one, just one girl only. Girl lockers. Everyone else is renting, hoping to own one day. But one of <laughs> one of them possesses. And which one it be? You'll you'll never quite know someone enters that door with a completely different pair of black gloves. <laughs> it's just, it happens over and over and over again. Then 
we cut to a sequence where more pe- where more people are in Descanso Gardens in La Cunada, which is like a private garden that you pay to go see. It's a very nice little walk. How do I describe La Cunada and Descanso Gardens in particular? It's a place so white that they serve fortune cookies at their Japanese tea house. <laughs> and Sally walks into Descanso Gardens because every student here must go through a red riding hood forest before they get to school. Do you see her butt? Of course you do. <laughs> Herb Freed, not afraid to give us that Steve Miner butt shot, Gina. Is Herb Freed constantly pointing at Anne as the killer coming off as homophobic at this point? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, she definitely does that whole like, you know, I'm going to comment on your on your on your necklace so I can check out your cleavage. Right. Yes. Uh, Sally also not wearing a bra. If you're into bras, this is not a movie for you. There's barely any in it. Everyone is just free balling upstairs. (laughs) Uh, This is not a movie where people are wearing underwear above the waist below. Occasionally you'll see it, but above, they didn't have a bra budget. So we go to uh, the uh, pre-graduation ceremony, and this is where we meet the choir teacher um, who dresses (laughs) like Paul Lind. Also acts like Paul Lind. But his toupee drives the girls wild. Oh, my God. Will somebody romantically strip him of his his toupee to get a passing grade? Yes. Yeah, this is you know, made from a, a glorious time when uh you know high school teachers you know, having having flings with their students was considered comic relief <laughs> in 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 certain movies. How do I lessen the horror of these young people getting cut down in the prime of their lives. I know have an authority figure sleep with them for improving their grades. Everyone loves but, that. But kind of, but also like playing it for laughs. Like, 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 like yeah. the audience is supposed to think this is funny. This is also where we meet principal Guglioni, who is wearing a Sansabelt suit that could possibly give small children seizures. If they look at it too long, it looks like, the uh, the devil's test pattern. Yeah, <laughs> Just, when he when he walks, you can like hear that fabric rubbing up against itself. It could it could cause fires if he gets too close to something flammable. Um, but Googs really enjoys getting humiliated by teens and <laughs> also staring at his co-star's chest, which he does throughout the movie. I think it is a character beat because he is in fact sleeping with his secretary. But also, he looks at her breasts a lot. But but also, yeah, he has a visible erection in one scene. <laughs> yes, he does. We'll get to it. Um, did you catch any of the visible erections, Sean? Because I have screenshots and I can send them to you. <laughs> Uh, send them over. I got to see all the visible directions I can. That's the one thing working in comedy. Your your audience, usually in the dark, lights in your face, mm-hmm. and they're sitting at tables. So if there are a lot of visible erections, you're not getting that POV. That is not a benefit you're getting in your job. Yeah, no. If there's a visible erection at my job, it has to be me because I am the only one <laughs> like on stage in lights. So hopefully there are none. Um, so Anne goes to Kevin's house because she's desperate to talk to him and he immediately blows her off at this graduation rehearsal. She comes into her house. Yes, there's a giant ass nude statue in the living room. 
Yeah, I miss. Uh, I, the, I I totally missed that the first time. Um, yeah, you you primarily see it from the back because there's a killer POV uh, shot of it. Um, Kevin finally does appear and talk at length. Um, he seems to be graduating high school and college and Hamburger U and his dirty 30s. He's old, everyone. And I'm saying old in a bad way. I'm saying old, too old to be appearing as 18. There's a there's a scene where where he is standing and he has his shirt partially unbuttoned, which was you know, the style then. Uh, and he's got a full mm. pelt of chest hair. <laughs> now, uh, she basically learns that he and and, and her sister uh, we're deeply romantically connected. He has a photo book that he is out for display. Apparently he's been taking photos of her nonstop, almost as much as she has been taking photos of him. Uh, so photos were their thing back to girls locker possessive ladies and gentlemen, we're introducing Vanna white into this motion picture. Uh, Vanna is a lovely individual and I've had the pleasure of writing for her many times. And this is, to think that she had a career after this is is amazing because this is I, I, not gonna, good. I'm uh, going to guess she does not like being reminded of being in graduation day. <laughs> no, I will never bring this up if I'm ever invited to that Wheel of Fortune uh, Christmas party because let's let's put it out here. Vane is not great at improv at this point in her career. Maybe she has made a few Herald teams in the past decade, but at 1980, she is a uh, bad at improv because all of her scenes are n- unscripted. <laughs> they are just free balling what they're going to say and why they're going to say it. They've like, maybe you don't like Sally and they can't quite find reasons. It's just a lot of verbal diarrhea happening. Yeah. Later we cut to uh coach George Michael, who is the, this, this photographer is still on the job. And now they're taking photos of Sally uh, on the unparalleled bars. And there's one sequence where coach George Michael is just perving out so hard on Sally while she's doing this routine. It is, he's licking his lips. Yeah. The, the, the photographer, the, the photographer has done his own like ogling uh, of the female yes. students, but even he's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a lot is this why you're getting fired <laughs> everyone else in this high school is sleeping with a student and you're the one getting fired you're extreme about this she fails like three times because she's so weirded out by her interaction with vanna white and who might have been a killer trying to come and kill her so she goes right back to girls possessive locker and shaves her calves in she, she's she's just <laughs> relaxing by shaving her legs in the in the girl but, in the girls locker room but hoisting her entire leg into a sink and then like you know what i need to shave just the lower half this isn't a shower thing this is a sink activity and then she holds the razor up to the mirror and <laughs> goes this is for you coach sit on it and rotate it <laughs> listen I don't have the grandest experience with putting things in a butt, but I wouldn't start with uh, a a lady shaver, uh, <laughs> the razor end. That seems like a bad idea. Well, you know, considering that she is in her bare feet, oh god, on a on a in a on in on the in a communal bathroom. This is a real high school locker room, and she is walking around in it 
in bare fucking what's, feet. What's more, she, what's more horrifying, her walking around in bare feet and shaving her legs or or the gal from Slaughter High who just decides she's going to take a, take a bath? Yeah. Um, Sean, do, have you seen Slaughter High, 1986's gem of a motion picture, Slaughter High? I have not seen it, no. Well, rush right out. It's available in all the same places you found this. <laughs> and I promise you, there's a scene in which... Someone takes a bath in their high school Ugh. locker room. Just just a full bathtub. It is horrifying. I'll be honest with you. Because baths don't primarily exist, I'm going to go with the bare feet. But we also learned after the fact, Gina, that that was actually a retired sanitarium. She took a bath at a closed-down sanitarium bathtub. So basically, so that, basically, that was like a torture bath at some point. That was it. Yes. They like stop being crazy. Drown, drown, drown. Oh, sanitarium. I thought that was like a place to get clean, like a sanitary. <laughs> well, for her, it, it was <laughs> in, until it wasn't. Uh, as far as Sally is concerned, uh, if she didn't die by the sword here, wielded by uh, our killer, she probably would have died of a foot fungus. <laughs> we cut from that right to Mr. Roberts, the the orchestral teacher, who's serenading Vanna White and her friend. And wow, 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 wow. That is a performance. This is where we meet Dolores again. Let's call her new Dolores, now played by Linnea Quigley. And Linnea has... Like she came straight off the set of the Runaways hair. It is a bowl cut with a shag underneath it. It's gorgeous. She looks fantastic. She seduces Mr. Roberts by running her fingers underneath <laughs> his toupee and right off. Yanking that toupee. I, I, I expect to like make a rubber band sound and just like snap it back on his head. He also attacks her chest in a way that communicates that he doesn't know how boobs work. <laughs> There's a, like, a, in this scene, you're going to be seduced by a schoolgirl. Uh-huh. And how does that work again? Well, she's going to take her top off and, and you're going to kiss her breast. Uh-huh. <laughs> now point point to what that is because I'm, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> There's just a, uh, is it like a virgin quality to what's going on here? It's, it's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, then we cut to Principal Guglioni's office, and this is where we get to see what he's working with because his pants leave nothing to the imagination. No. Uh, he has a secretary whom everyone in the movie refers to as Blondie, and he's just out and out sleeping with her. In fact, coercing her to do more work than she's supposed to with the promise that at midnight he's going to come by and they will bone. I mean, you know, who could resist? <laughs> At one point, after she's agreed to have sex, she walks out of the room and he makes an oogity boogity face with the fingers that waggle. And he goes, ong, 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 ong. who would sleep with this? Who would sleep with this? Sean, if you did this to a woman, your wife, before you were married, do you think you would get any after you went after they leave the room? I'm going to say no. I don't think, I think she would know even if she was out of the room, she would know what happened. She is crossing out. She is, she is hearing this. She can sense that something bad is happening behind her. But uh, I guess based on what is are in his Sansa belt trousers, it's worth it. Like Gina, 
Is Principal Guglioni good in the sack? I mean, who would want to get that far to find out? <laughs> Especially if his entree is oogie doobie doobie. That's not that that does not communicate to me that you want to have sex. I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Not to mention the fact that his drawer is full of red herrings. It's just switchblades, stopwatches, and black gloves. Like, 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 remember in um, uh, a Christmas story when the the teacher opens up her drawer and there's like, you know, like a pair <laughs> of chattery teeth and like a whole bunch of like, like, like stuff she's like confiscated from the students. Right. Yeah. It, it's like that, but switchblades. We learned that he cuts an apple by just slicing it down the middle so he can harvest the seeds. New Dolores and Tony uh, get caught in Descanso Gardens smoking weed by Officer McManus. Uh, this is the student school officer. He's the security guard. Uh, I don't remember a lot of uh, school security personnel carrying weaponry he has a 30 fucking eight revolver and he's walking around this school and he's also like kind of menacingly stroking a flower while while, <laughs> while talking to them I, honestly i'm sitting there I'm like i'm like he's gonna eat it or something in front of them isn't he and like he just doesn't he's got this like red flower he just kind of like like sort of like lewdly stroking the petals <laughs> he's one second away from saying like tell me about the rabbit <laughs> it's just like what 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 is this business what does it mean that you're just stroking a flower while getting insulted by these two teenagers we later learn that that 38 is not loaded well not with bullets <laughs> it's where he is where he carries his joints. Now, Sean, I don't know if you indulge, but have you ever, and I, by indulge, I mean carried a firearm. Would you keep a joint in a firearm and 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 put it on, on your hip? Ooh, uh, no, that's not where that goes. I think, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a fake switchblade and then that goes. Right. Oh, no, no, that makes yeah. sense. That's, if you had a switchblade and instead of it being a comb, mm-hmm. It's a joint. That's cool. Yeah. Now I know you're cool. You pull out a gun and there's a joint in there. I have I have nothing but questions and none of them are leading to let's hang out later. This is then cuts to the scene that Gina was alluding to earlier where Anne goes to the metal shop, shop of coach George Michael and they just accuse one another of murder. <laughs> it's just... Three and a half minutes of, did you kill? I think you killed my sister. Well, I think you're killing everyone else. And that's what that scene is. Well, I, the, the thing is like the, the coach is getting fired for reasons, but it's because of, it's mostly because of Laura's death. And, and I guess, you know, the school makes it think it look, make, makes it think it makes it look bad. But, right. and the sister is like acting like he like shot her on the track. Like, like you, right. you do like it, it's already stated that Laura dies of blood clot or something like that, and that yeah. the the you know well the coach pushed her too hard, and we don't really see it because she's in a race and the coach is basically saying go 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 go, which is like that's not what a coach is supposed to do. I mean, I thought that's <laughs> what a coach's job was is to push you to keep going. Right. But also everyone in the crowd is saying, go, go, go. Were they also responsible? For right. She's, it's like, she's sort of acting like they knew the whole time 
that she had this yeah. blood clot and and you know and and made her go ahead and do this race anyway and i'm like you know yeah it's it's sad and all but i i really Anne's motivations in this are so vague i i feel like, like oh she's actually kind of crazy because she she's yes. acting like this coach like literally killed her sister if they gave her like the least amount of backstory like sean if, if she at some point said i listen i was on your i was on your team you drove me out because I couldn't meet your standards. And then you got my sister on the team. You drove her even harder and you killed her. Then I'm going to go, oh, I get it. She has a personal history yes. with this person. It's like one fucking line would have helped. But <laughs> yeah, again, the lines that were being done on this set, probably not being put in a script. No. Yeah, no. I can't imagine this. Like <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, cut back to Descanso Gardens, um, where, believe it or not, Ralph is back in this movie. Who is Ralph? We don't know. He's got two scenes. <laughs> he's, he's a member of the track team and also a member of the football team he's, he's, who's he's, running around a public park holding a football in a full fucking football He's game. Yeah, it's supposed to be the day before graduation. I know this because, because it's mentioned roughly about once every eight minutes. <laughs> yes. But he's, so this will be June... And he's running around like he's a football practice. He's wearing OJ Simpson's number and just throwing around a football to himself. He passes a couple girls and they're like, hey, there goes a sweet, beautiful sex idiot. And he's like, later, ladies. And then he, the they steal the football from him and throw it into the woods. And he's like, oh, come on. And he goes into the woods. And this is where... If you're not into this movie at this point, I promise this will be the point where it grabs you because he's killed by a sword attached to a football <laughs> that somehow doesn't deflate the football. Right. <laughs> Sean, how does how does how does the football sword work? This was how does the yeah, football this was sword an interesting work? one. I didn't know if that was the football that went in there and now he somehow stuck a sword into it or if this is like <laughs> right. a homemade football like I Well, you can't you can't go to a Dick Sporting Goods and ask for do you have one of those footballs with a sword sticking <laughs> out of it that I got throw at somebody? It's like it, a lawn darts. Right. <laughs> yes, like, this is um how does it not deflate? How is it a real football? Did they stick it in? Is that the same football? Or did they come prepared and, with and, a sword and, would, and would you be able to still throw that football like a normal football? I feel like it would just go right into the ground. I agree, yeah. The only special effect in this entire movie is this, this small little cut of the football sword sailing from one end of the frame to the other. <laughs> You're like, did ILM come up with this? How did they film this? It just like when you see it in in the killer's hands, it's obviously a sword sticking out to the side of the football. And then someone's like, "Well, what if the football had the sword in it?" And like, "Well, that's going to take us a week." <laughs> like, we'll just pretend. We'll just pretend, and then we'll make it and we'll film it later. And they're like, okay, I guess. Uh, it just. Oh my god. Uh, I had to pause and laugh for ten minutes. I couldn't stop laughing at the idea that there are football swords. And, in the and world. I love how the uh, how Ralph is sort of like you know like does that crouch go? You know, I'm going to catch the ball, <laughs> and yeah. apparently doesn't see this giant fucking sword sticking out. 
he does what he's supposed to do. He cradles the ball in, right? He brings it in, right? You you don't catch it with your hands. You catch it with your whole body. But also the sword goes through his whole body. And then a whole bunch of Twizzler juice comes out of his mouth and he falls to the ground. I, you have to fall in love with this movie at this point. Like... There's just this is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I think the for, the sword football is what they spent the entire budget on. That's what, yeah. Oh right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. This movie cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. At least two hundred thousand of it <laughs> went into football sword. And the, and the other fifty thousand was to was to, was to pay a uh, uh, felony to perform at the right. at the roller skating disco. You took the words out of my mouth. I, Enough of my yakking, Gina. Let's boogie. It's quote felony unquote time. Now, Gina, believe it or not, this is the second movie we've covered with quote felony unquote in it. Do you know what the first one is? Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I should, but so many of these have kind of glommed together in my mind at this point. Which, which one were they in before? We did not see them. We only heard them. In Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. I would have never guessed that. Not our first quote, felony, unquote experience. (laughs) But what? Wait, are they they they, uh, playing in the the camper scene? Is that them? Yes, I believe that is what is. They're either playing on the radio when they're having the the sex that's that's so extended he can't keep up. And he's like, oh, somebody's outside. The, The first... The first, I can't do sex that long, so I'm just going to finish no matter what you say sequence or during the death in the camper sequence. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those. I can't tell you which one. I, one of those is is like an Alice Cooper song. First of all, what is going on with Felony's makeup? Because the song that they're singing for what feels like 20 minutes is gangster rock. The gangster rock! <laughs> They are wearing, I think the concept is that they have a makeup thing like Kiss, but they've done it with gangsters and then someone has painted on a mustache, but also made their all their lips black on top. Of yeah, it's kind of like a sort of like Klaus Nomi thing. So, but, but, yes. but, but you're not, you're not going to see that in like, you know, at a, at, a, at a high school dance. Sean, did you have an actual band at any of your dances growing up? I did no, not. I no, know. Yeah, no. And we definitely didn't have them at the roller rink, although <laughs> we would go there. That that was a that was always I always thought that was a very like only in the movies and in television, you know, the live band at the prom. This is at at, at, at a pavilion that is actually um it's half locking on a high, half Descanso Gardens. And they I mean, the makeup the costuming, the fact that they filmed felony singing the song possibly 400 times and used every frame of footage. Yeah. This, have. this scene is, this is capital P padding. <laughs> it's just like the producers are off to the side of the frame. It's like, shit, we all, oh shit. We only have 50 minutes of movie here. If we do not reach 91 minutes, we will not get our completion fees. We need to film every possible angle of quote unquote felony. And then like the, the roller skating is half of the people are on roller skates. And then there's a good portion of the student body who's just in shoes. Earlier we heard Tony say he and Dolores knew Dolores go off to the woods 
to unsuccessfully make out and have sex. But before they can, he's like, I have to pee. And she's like, isn't it fun for you to be a guy? Because you can pee anywhere. And he responds, the world is my toilet. (laughs) And honestly, this is the biggest character moment in the entire movie. Because when he said that, I'm like, you know what? That is so Tony. (laughs) Could not be more Tony. Anyways, Tony is decapitated while peeing. Is, I think, is this a first for us, Gina? I mean, we've had lots of bathroom deaths. I can't think of anyone who's been killed while peeing. This might be, this might be it. This might be the one. But new Dolores sees this, obviously wants no part of this killer who is wearing a fencing mask with a fucking Conan sword. (laughs) She runs, she hides. There's a dog scare, not a cat scare. A full ass dog runs past her. Yeah, I, I almost feel like that was that was not intentional. <laughs> right. That this dog just got in the way, and that her little, her little yelp of surprise is, is authentic. It's just the costume person's dog who just I'm sorry it got loose. They're like it's okay, we'll use it. It's perfect. <laughs> this adds a whole more thirty seconds to the movie, and then she they have a a hide and seek that is interminable, possibly. Because the entire time it's happening, you're flashing back and forth to quote unquote felony going, the gangster rule. <laughs> and like, there has to be more to this song than this chorus. Please, for the love of God, kill her, kill me, kill them, kill the movie, kill, kill Herb Freed, <laughs> just everyone, take them all out. She's slashed, I guess. We don't really see it. He just takes a swing at her head, but her your decapitated head doesn't show up at the end. So I don't think she's the one who's decapitated. Why the person killed with a switchblade is decapitated is beyond me. Because that looks like Paul. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of effort. That, oh my god, you would be working at that all afternoon. He he would still be working and trying to cut through a spinal column with a switchblade. But okay, we don't come to graduation day for realism. Ah, the tenacity. <laughs> really, he is going for it. And he would not have a a a clean gray sweatsuit combo either. That would be very messed up. Anyways, the next morning, every dead kid's parent is calling professional, uh, uh, calling Principal Guglioni. And he is unprepared. He just, he cannot, this. he cannot be bothered with this shit missing stews i don't have time for that although i do in his defense in principal guglione's offense yeah i i i you know it is baffling that the first person a parent thinks to call when their child is missing is their school principal yeah i mean (laughs) you asked me if my child and god forbid ever ends up missing would my first call be to my that my child's principal, the answer would be no. That would be down the list. There are other people to call in that circumstance. And and it's not just like one parent. All of them are are opting to call him first. Now we cut to Pete, uh, who, believe it or not, is still a character in this movie. Um, Possibly somebody's favorite character. Although, what are the chances? Anyways, he's killed when he pole vaults. Into a massive bed. Of I love how this scene is shot. He, you know, he, you get the build up that he, that he, uh, he, you, know, you, know, he does his pole ball, and then you hear, then you hear, ah, 
and then it's like and then it's like the slow pan that he's like you staked like a tent in the woods but the the spikes have been hidden inside the the pads that he leans on this gina i think this is a get bunked right because they've hidden the spikes inside the pan guess i guess i would be yeah just so you know sean a get bunked is a a kill in which someone is killed through something else. Mm. So the prime example is in Friday the 13th uh, when when uh, Kevin Bacon is killed by an arrow th- through the bed, through the bunk, and then through his neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our audience loves it. Obviously, I'm going to have to improve how I sell it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the important thing here is, A, it's a get bunked. B, this corpse is also breathing very heavily. It is hard to play dead. This guy was an Olympic fucking pole vaulter. Herb's like, should we get a full shot of him going over a bar and landing in pads? And someone's like, we don't have time for that. Get it piecemeal. (laughs) So they just showed the same fucking pole vaulting that he did in the beginning of the movie. And he's end up dead. Don't worry, folks. Those better spikes are going to come back. They will be important. <laughs> Principal Guglioni is uh, confronted in his office by Inspector Halliday. There's a lot of conversation about which one of them is Italian and which one is <laughs> Lebanese. They meet up again in a hallway. That's true. And Halliday's like eating Tums like they're candies. And then Guglioni puts something on his hand and licks it. What the fuck is that? What is he doing? Yeah, I was curious about that too. I thought you guys were going to be able to shine some light on that for. I'm not. All I could think of is that they are trying to make for again, you for absolutely superfluous reasons. Since you, his character has nothing to do with anything that's happening. You, know, it's just it's trying to make him just as repugnant as possible. Is it Listerine? Is that what is it? A, is it a breath mint? Why would you put it on your hand and lick it off? Why wouldn't you directly put it in your mouth? It there's how would you apply something to your mouth through the top of your hand? I don't know. Oh my God. Between this and football sword, I don't know what is driving me crazy. <laughs> so we go back to Coach George Michael's office where now the inspector is asking him what the hell's going on. Uh, in the middle of that, we uh, he's like, I didn't kill that kid. I didn't kill any kids and I'm fired. So the, the cop goes elsewhere. And then Vanna White and her friend find Sally's body stuffed into a locker in girls possessive S locker. And the coach is right there looking at them like he bamfed there. In a window in the girls' <laughs> locker room. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, well, yeah, they want to make sure that the audience still thinks it's you, still thinks it's him, because there, there's, well, a certain, there's, there's a certain point where he he just kind of disappears for a little while, and so they have to really reestablish that he is a suspect. And but also, why is there a window in the girls' locker room? This is the second movie we've covered with a window in the girls' locker room, Gina. Yeah, I, I, this is just a, just a just a scummy high school all around. So does it make it? Does it make you wonder? <laughs> this is a real high school. They were my high school. I was going to say, does it make you? Does it make you wonder what you what you might have missed in your own high school? 
I know. Why did I go to Locker Center when I could have gone to Lock and Yana High School, where the girls' locker room has windows? And, and they and they um, just turn and they just turn to a Porky's movie. He immediately comes in like, "What's going on?" And Vanna White and friend are like, "Oh fuck, you obviously did this." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. This is all a big misunderstanding." And instantly, Kevin is there, and they have what can best be described as a poor wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what Kevin's athletic abilities are, but wrestling is definitely not one of them. I would say the athleticism he has is all downstairs. It's mainly a legs-based athleticism because upstairs, this yes, it is all Greco-Roman. It's all upper body, but it is not going well for either one of them. No, Neither has rehearsed this at all. And then, so Kevin's like, you did this as loudly as he possibly can. And then coach is like, fuck this. I'm out of here and takes off running, which is really great when you want to appear innocent of a crime. And then Anne of all fucking people. And she, just, she just, she just appears and, and, yes. and she's like, oh, Kevin, are you all right? It's like, you had like a five minute conversation with him. There are three characters we've talked about who teleport. Nightcrawler, Jason Voorhees, and Anne. <laughs> they can just will themselves places. And so Coach runs off into Brookside Park, which is what borders Lacanana High School from Rose Bowl. Again, a detail only I care about. Kevin and Coach have yet another fight and run, and I'm going to get you. You're not. Blah, blah, blah. And then Kevin admits the entire thing. I killed Sally. I killed them all. Now you're next. And then in the middle of this conversation, and once again, bamfs into scene like Kevin, no. And coach does a judo flip on Kevin gets the knife away from him. And wouldn't you know it, inspector Halliday is right there. Johnny on the spot to shoot coach Michael in cold blood. <laughs> yep. He's like, you know what? My job is done. I shot somebody. I don't have to figure out what happened here. I have my man. Listen, this all looked like we all thought it was coach George Michaels. He's got plenty of motivation. He showed up where a dead body was. And I, I, I went, a knife I, I went by angry Navy lady suggestion that it was the coach. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Listen, angry Navy lady seems to know what she's doing. And Kevin, well, he's about to retire soon. He's a pillar of the community. <laughs> so that's it for that. Uh, and then everyone's like, okay, graduation happens. Not that we see. We, we decide to go through graduation, <laughs> even though five of our classmates have been murdered. They just like, like you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have just everybody just quietly collect their their diplomas and go home. No, we still go, we still go through <laughs> with the ceremony. Again, because, because apparently this is the biggest tourist event in the year. They need those dollars. <laughs> This is like in Jaws when they're like, you can't close the beaches if we if, for the summer just because there's a, a shark that's eating everybody. If we don't have graduation day, we'll all be on the dole. I just, I don't know how it works, but we don't even get to see the fucking graduation day because the next thing we see is Anne back at Kevin's house. Just letting her, just, again, just letting herself in. Just like, I've been here before. High nude statue, <laughs> high different nude statue. 
Hi, Kevin's grandmother, who is is dealing with dementia. She heads right up to his room. And wouldn't you fucking know it? This dude has battle axes over his bed. (laughs) He got laid to the point where he was going to marry this girl. And she's like, you know who I love? The boy who's got battle axes over his bed. His single bed. (laughs) Sean, you are married now. Mm -hmm. You obviously, you know, you wooed a woman. You convinced her that you were worthy of love and you would love her in return. That You could build a life together. But if if you had brought her over, and you had two battle axes over your bed. Do you think you would be married right now? Oh, absolutely not. I have a strict one battle axe only <laughs> rule. I brought her back. I showed her my battle axe and I threw on some <laughs> felony and, you know, it was a great Just, first date. Listen, uh, we all, sex is great. But it's only really great if you actually uh, finish at the point the the lead singer of Felony goes, the gangster rock! Okay. Ooh. I love you, honey. That was the best. Thank you. Um, Now, what you don't see when she comes into the room and sees that all the walls are filled with broadswords, swords, axes, other medieval weaponry, is a corpse sitting in a chair in the middle of the room in cap and gown. But when Anne looks the other way, she's like, Ooh, Oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> How? How? How do you not see this person? She's not hiding. It's a corpse in the middle of a room. How'd you not see this? Yeah. I, I, think, I would think as soon as she opened the door that, you know, that that smell was hit. <laughs> it, is, it is ripe. There's just no way. Uh, my kid uh, ate something and lost a piece of cheese uh, in the car and it went underneath the seat. And I, uh, he didn't tell me about it. And then for months, he's like, this car smells like cheese. I'm like, I'm looking, I can't find no fucking cheese. That was one tiny piece of cheese. It stunk up the whole fucking car. And she doesn't notice a fucking unburied corpse in the middle of the room in cap and gown yellow cap and gown (laughs) by the way laura's looked better she has looked better uh kevin's like we're gonna get married later (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i mean he's gonna what haul this corpse down to the justice of the peace and you're gonna get married i mean he 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 dug her up he brought her back to the room dressed her in cap and gown and it's like you wait here and no one notices this or smells it. It's pretty amazing. Or apparently notice that, that Laura's grave was, 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 uh, was robbed. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, I don't know. He's, he's very good at replacing his divots, I suppose. I find it um, strange that he exhumed the body and then yeah. was like, he's like, nobody even, they were like, not going to even pay attention to her anymore. They were just going to leave her. <laughs> In the ground? <laughs> like, who does that to a dead body, right. everyone? <laughs> you just, I'm like, hey, Kevin, I know, like, the, the funeral industry is a whole racket, and we could really get into that. But this is not the way to confront it, my guy. Uh, but he's like, yeah, they, they all just moved on as if she was dead. I'm like, <laughs> I, 
I mean, it's unfortunately what we all do, but uh, there's no wrong way to mourn. But this comes the closest. <laughs> Digging up the corpse and marrying it. Yeah, generally. Digging up the corpse and marrying it. like <laughs> Dressing in a cap and gown and going, let's go down to the courthouse, honey. You and I. Or maybe they'll drive to Vegas. I'm not really sure how it works for the two of them. But uh, something gets in the way. And that thing is Anne. Because... <laughs> Obviously, Anne does not react well to seeing her dead sister in cap and gown, even though it was a surprise. And Kevin's like, oh, my God, you also don't want me to marry your dead sister. <laughs> I thought you were better. I thought you were different, Anne. I thought you would be cool. And she's like, actually, I am not cool with this. And so he decides I'm going to kill you, too. Whips out a switchblade. She, they go round about the chair she ducks underneath the chair and then kind of pushes it with her whole body, sending Laura's corpse into Kevin and it fucking defenestrates <laughs> him out of second star window. I'm sorry, everybody. There's a reason why this is the third biggest horror movie of 1981. And it is when everyone came out of the theater and go, Shh, you have to see this shit. A fucking dead body throws a guy out a window. You need to see it to believe it. I honestly wish the movie had just ended there. That would have been great because 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 I I, I think it I think it would have been would have been more memorable that way. Yes, but again, I think they needed to reach officially ninety minutes, and this happens at minute. 86 and they're like okay we, we're, we're almost there keep going yeah, Chris, Christopher George is standing behind the go 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 with a stopwatch <laughs> we, got, we got, got four more minutes everybody go and so so Anne goes downstairs and before she can even get out the door Kevin's alive everybody carrying the corpse of, of Laura and he's like I'll get to you later. I gotta put something away. <laughs> and so she runs back to school. Well, here's the here. Let's 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 let me let me just interrupt you for a second. She's <laughs> she's running and she's doing one of my favorite things in, in in a movie. Now you this is this is the second time we've actually compared this movie to Jaws, although in this case it's Jaws the Revenge. Yes. Yes. Which are which is uh, any scene that has a character having a flashback to an event they weren't at. Right. <laughs> and, and, and in this case, the sister is flashbacking to Laura's, the, the Laura's last race because you right. know, she's running, <laughs> Laura's running, but she was not there when Laura died. She was not there. This was something that was described to her in, 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 in words. She did not witness it with her own eyes, but she is flashing back to it. And so she goes, where she can find some, you know, some sort of help, which is underneath the bleachers at the fucking Of course, high school. that's the, where else would you go? Well, well, you know me, Gina. Um, trash under the bleachers makes me hot. <laughs> it's a again my favorite student body, which this movie resembles in a great many ways. So, like how how the how the makers of student bodies did not see this movie and yet nail it so fucking hard if you want a real uh just back-to-back -back experience watch this then student bodies and all of a sudden the second act of student bodies is fucking amazing <laughs> because it is just nailing this movie 
top to bottom. It came out like a month later. It's just nuts. Anne is trying to hide from Kevin, who miraculously is there within a minute. And they have a, I would put fight in the same dick fingers they put Felony's band name in in the, in the opening credits. It's not much of a fight. It's just a whole lot of flash and a knife. And then she does the slowest jujitsu I've ever seen, where she's like, the wind up and the pitch judo chop. It's a lot of wind up to, to kicking him in the balls. And she finds Paula's decapitated head. Then she finds Pete complete with the spikes still attached <laughs> to his body. Just lifted him up with the spikes. Hoisted literally on a petard so that he can be found Friday the 13th, the original uh, version. And then they have a bit more of a fight between Anne and Kevin. And she pushes him into Pete's spike body. Does this qualify as a get bumped? Uh, yeah. Because... Because the spikes are already through. Yeah, and Pete. and Pete is dead, so he's he's you know in a movable force. Right, he's an inanimate object. So he so he might as well be like a wall. Yes, it, the, the spikes might as already just be through a door. There, I don't know. How, I guess it's hard to get spikes off a dead body, but it's it's easy to hoist it on a door. <laughs> I don't know. Listen again, we don't come to graduation day for realism, but. Kevin's reaction to getting spiked is one for the record books. It's, it's um, sort of like 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 he's trying to make it look like that he's you know not quite comprehending what's happening to him. <laughs> yes. I just I can't remember the name of the characters from the SNL, you know, movie who they bob their head. Oh, uh, um, the the Roxbury Night guys. The Roxbury. The yeah. Roxbury yeah. guys. Chris Kattan, Will Ferrell. Yes. This is the closest any serial killer has come to looking like Chris Kattan <laughs> in that movie without actually being And also, Chris I mean, Kattan. it doesn't help that it also takes him a while to start bleeding. Right. It's just there's a shock and, and, everything you, like everything is a delayed reaction. Like 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 you know, you know how he re- response to it how long it takes for his his body to start bleeding right it's just like oops and he's like maybe i can keep going and then after again to coach george michael with a stopwatch you can keep going keep going keep keep walking keep going there and so eventually his body just gives out in front of her and save the day after everyone's dead (laughs) could have been the killer turned out to be a final girl Wow, it's amazing. But wait a second, folks. The, the movie isn't over because um, Anne returns home. She's going to leave the next day. She goes to sleep. Then we cut to darkness. Anne, in bed alone, her eyes, uh, she senses something. A, <laughs> the door opens and in walks Kevin. Oh, my God. He's still alive. He's got a knife in his hand. Then Anne's mom walks in, turns on the light. Oh, my God. It's her stepdad. It's not Kevin at all. It's just a stepdad threatening her with an empty bottle of vodka. No need to worry, everyone. (laughs) Everything's going to be fine. She never goes back to sleep. She's just horrified, clutching the sheets to her chest. And the mom's like, (laughs) you know... He's been through a lot. Anyways, like he's been through a lot. She saw, she almost got killed. She defenestrated a guy with her sister's corpse. But she's like, yo, you know, you got to give it to him. 
He's he's been through a lot. Also, my favorite part of that sequence is we hear the chiming of Big Ben, which, to my knowledge, Pasadena does not have a Big Ben. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. Oh my god. Any final thoughts on sure to be new kill by kill favorite graduation day, Sean? You know, I just uh, I know that you said that the the school police officer was one of the worst characters, and I I just thought that he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just not so much like a bad character. It's just he just again just like he exists solely to be. Well, maybe it's this guy. He reminds me of 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 the janitor character in both prom night and student bodies. <laughs> He's Dorf from student bodies. <laughs> But he's not that bendy. It's the only difference between the two of them. Is it Dorf or is, what is his name again? I'm not. Don't make me look up student bodies characters because I cannot. Do I. That. It's something. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're allowed to like the characters you like. I don't doubt people's genuine emotional reactions to art, Sean. And thank you for saying that. It's you're you're allowed to like what you like, and you should like what you like. Gina, any final thoughts? I mean. It's not a good movie, but there's there's so much happening that that like you can't say it's not you can't say it's a boring movie. It, it's like it, right. it's you know at its most basic level, it's it's a pretty standard slasher movie. But yeah. the fact that they're also trying to make it like a teen sex comedy, and also like all the adults are you know weird perverts, and and you you've got these multiple potential red herrings that they just you know you know, are like a red herring for one scene, and then like you know yeah yeah no nah forget it they're not they didn't do it yeah. you know Whoops. we're not gonna <laughs> Don't need we're to not gonna that. drag this out for any longer than necessary, and, and <laughs> you know it's just it's 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 a fascinating watch it is i i wasn't i was never bored confused a lot <laughs> of the times but never bored right never bored i i again i don't think it's good but it might be good <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's fascinating. I, I feel like we could make a really good game of like a sort of like a movie scavenger hunt of just like yeah. you know can you find like you know these bizarre things in these scenes it's just made without regard to its final output. It's almost like they're, they are trying to make the film in 30 seconds and anything that happens is fine. There are no second takes in, in graduation. Yeah, her, her free, her free yelling theaters. Go, 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 <laughs> go, 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 go. So we would be remiss. Of course, we cannot graduate this particular episode unless we receive our diploma. And that is when we choose your own death venture. It's where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this film. If you're forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why up for bid? We have, have a heart clot. Stop your heart at the end of the 200 meter dash. You could get slashed in the park, have your butt shown off. And I think have your head removed Stabbed through the neck with a fencing sword. Stabbed by a football sword. Decapitated by broadsword. Throat slashed by broadsword? Question mark. Get bunked via pole vaulting into a bed of spikes. Be an innocent man shot by a cop. Or push through spikes sticking out of another dead body. And Sean, as our guest, I choose you to go first. Oh man, I think I gotta get stabbed by that football. <laughs> I just yeah. 
I think you do. I think like I think just you do. Showing Sean. out and everybody going like, well, you know, at least he didn't drop it. You know. <laughs> now, the problem is, Sean, you're cheating somewhat because the sword is sticking to yeah, sure. you. <laughs> so if you could, if you did drop it, it would almost be worse mm. by. By, but yeah, uh, it's that that's a good one. I, it's really hard to even come up with a second place. What say you, Gina? I, you know, I, I was the problem is I would drop the football. I would, I would, <laughs> so it would like it would just like take my hand off or something like that. Like it would, it would just the, like the sword just goes through my hand. I'd be like, I'd be like, ow, hey. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have to get a tetanus shot for this. Yes, I don't want to end up like that old lady in, in Amityville Four. So, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with getting slashed while while listening to my tunes in the park. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, you're gonna be breathing for a while, and it's gonna take a while to take your head off. Are you? Yeah, okay with that? but also, you know, it gives everybody a you know, a nice, long, exquisite look at my butt. <laughs> Everyone's getting a gander that hinder uh, in the aftermath. Yeah, I 1000% I'm going to get stabbed by football sword. Football sword <laughs> is my new favorite character, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lamp from Amityville 4 came very, very close, but yeah, I, 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 need, I need a listener who who has a, a brain for physics. Maybe try to explain how, how the, the the properties of how of how <laughs> a, a, a football sword w- would work, and also like how like like so, how much arm strength you would you would have to have to you know throw that at someone and have it just go right through their gut. Gina, I'm, I'm throwing out a challenge. If you can create a graphic that shows you like Ikea furniture assembly, how to make a football. Sword, yes. I swear to please, God. Please. We would love that. I will make that shit a t-shirt. I will pay you for it. <laughs> okay. I don't usually throw this out, but I'm telling you right now, if you can make an Ikea assembly illustration of how to put together a football sword, let's talk because that my friends is what we need in the merchandise department yes before we go of course let us uh talk about uh sean where people can see and hear more from you uh out there on the interwebs tell us all about it sure so i have an album out right now it just came out uh it's called boston of bristol it's all about moving from boston massachusetts to bristol tennessee um and people can find me online, uh, like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, and uh, just type in Sean Carter Comedy. It's usually the handle for all those things anyways, but you can find me through there. Don't click on Jay-Z. That's what's going to come up when you <laughs> right. when you search Sean Carter. It's going to be Jay-Z. So make sure you write comedy as well. <laughs> just add comedy. Just But what happens if Jay releases a comedy oh, album? Man. What are you going to do with that? One of two things. Either... <laughs> So many people are going to search for it and accidentally find mine that it's going to be <laughs> right. amazing. Oh, that could be a boom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be great. Um, we got to get in Bay's head and see if we can incept her into convincing <laughs> Jay to make a comedy album for your yeah, yeah. benefit. I this Listen, the technology exists. I saw it in a movie. Uh, Sean, you're very funny. I can't wait to listen to that album. It just dropped. Otherwise, I, I would have listened to it already. But um, I, I think everyone should because what I've seen of you, I found incredibly funny. And uh, I can't wait to listen to it. Thank you. All right, Gina, where can people find you on these here? I write about movies and television at the school.net. I have a Substack. It's ginawatchesthings.substack.com. And you can find me on 
on Blue Sky and Instagram and TikTok under Gina Does Things. Do it today. People check it out. Josh Hall sells all of our artwork. Go to Revenge Body Memphis at bandcamp.com to get this uh, song and all of our remixes. Find us on the socials. Join us on Patreon for a good time with extra uh, bonus episodes that we do exclusively for you. And of course, um, rate and review us on iTunes or your podcaster of choice to help us be seen and heard by more people. Folks, this has been, we almost made it to Christine length. This was almost our (laughs) longest episode. John Carpenter's Christine, a legitimately a gem of a motion picture. That's how much we love graduation day i can't tell you enough how you need to see this motion picture and it is a free for everyone almost anywhere uh go and do it today but don't worry folks just because we're leaving now doesn't mean the body count is over it will continue for myself for gina and for sean bye-bye everybody bye this would take longer it's always the the guests that i don't have direct contact with that we have the most technical oh no (laughs) like i've said it before yeah no it's it's not it's not sure it's nothing you did cast it's nothing you did cast is 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 you know what do you say patrick 100 percent of the time it works 65 percent of the time (laughs) yes and and we 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 are you know eventually able to get a full episode out but it does you know that's probably one of the things that makes his job more difficult is having to kind of tape everything together yeah yeah i hear you well i'm just gonna sit uh, with my hands up so that (laughs) just in case We've never had it where Gina can hear and talk. Yeah, that's a new one. That that was very. That was that. That was very. We're getting uh, new experiences. Although at least that made it easier for me to be able to tell you, but to to communicate with you what you what you need to do to. Yeah. Usually it's just Um, a a matter of closing out and coming back. Otherwise, I would have been like, I got it so wrong, they just hung up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, this guy. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Man, man, we're dumping the whole thing. We have to stop before he embarrasses himself further. (laughs) Put this one in the shitter. We're going over. We're starting over. (laughs) This is madman all over again.